I tend to relate to a character in terms of the arc. What's interesting is where he starts versus where he ends up. Edward Norton. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hull. And I'm Lee Esses. We have covered the exterior of what happens in the last third of your book. And when we last talked about the interior, we talked about how things get worse and worse despite their internal struggles and their growth. All of that effort that your character has put in from Acts 1 and 2 comes to a head in Act 3. That's why we end the story where we do, because all of this change is happening to your character and it pays off in Act 3. We finished talking about Act 2 interior with the darkest moment. That tends to be your transition between Acts 2 and 3. We're going to talk a little more about how it begins to change and develop your character for that finale. That darkest moment is the moment when all hope is lost. The main character doesn't think they're the hero. They think they have absolutely lost and that there is no way that they're going to conquer the villain. This often is associated with the loss of the mentor. Vader kills Obi-Wan and Luke doesn't know how he can use the Force and these skills that he's been working on building throughout the story in order to save the day. He begins to doubt if it's even worth the effort to try. If he does this, there's a good chance a lot of the rebel leadership will die. This is also the point where any lie that the character has kept from the world, from their companions or whatever, any lie, any secret gets revealed. Everybody finds out about it and it usually creates some major rifts and divisions within the team. So the entire story, he's telling people that he wrote all of the Beatles songs because the Beatles never actually existed. The lie comes out that he wasn't the one to write them. There are other people who also remember the Beatles. This gets made public and all of the false hope comes crashing down. Now, obviously, this isn't actually the end of the story. When they are in this darkest moment, when they think all hope is lost, when their team is breaking up because suddenly nobody trusts each other anymore, there has to be a moment where things turn around where they get an aha moment that helps them continue on and eventually take out the bad guy. One of the things that bothers me in a lot of storytelling is when the lie gets resolved during the final conflict because he doesn't have a reason to go into the final conflict more often than not. So this turnaround moment where he goes, no, I can do it, that lie gets resolved. She loves me anyway, so I can move forward. Whatever that lie is, resolve it, and then go head-to-head with the villain, make him prove it. And honestly, the audience should be able to guess what happens, how he gets out of this, but only barely before the character figures it out. This allows for your audience to feel like all of their paying attention has paid off, and it doesn't come out of nowhere. My dad calls it a Star Trek ending, but it doesn't have that deus ex machina feel of, We couldn't have predicted this, so why are we investing at all? If you make it so the audience is able to guess just before the character figures it out, then that's going to be your most satisfying revelation here. So as the character is coming out of their darkest moment, 
the lie gets resolved, the lie they believe about themselves gets resolved. They have that aha moment where they finally know how they're going to defeat the bad guy. And they have that moment of realizing they not only know how, but they know that they can do it. They know without a doubt that this next time they're not going to lose. Or they know that if they don't try one more time, then everyone is going to lose. This is also the final release before the climax. We talk about tension release. You want to make sure you have those gas valves in order to help your audience feel engaged and not feel exhausted by all of the tension you're building. That tension release, we have an episode on that. Check it out. But this Revelation AHA moment is the last release, the last little bit of fun before the final climax. Now it's time for that final conflict. The character has overcome their darkest moment. They have risen and decided they're going to try again. Now they have to go into that fight. Now, in this episode, we are focusing on the interior. So we've already talked about the actual conflict with the villain, how that plays out. Go listen to our last episode if that's what you're interested in. In this one, we are looking at what it takes for the character, the changes the character goes through in that final conflict to be able to defeat the bad guy. A lot of the times that includes an ingredient such as a mystical or faith or a friendship that will help tip the scales in their favor. In Lord of the Rings, Sam steps up and says, I can't carry the ring, but I can carry you. Sometimes it's the power of the found family or family as a whole. It's some sort of faith that the character has been struggling with the whole story. So using the force, Luke, that mystical element helps add a little bit of a moral to the story and enhances whatever theme you're trying to trickle in throughout the story. So this is a good moment to highlight that. It's also a good moment to take whatever the lie is whatever it was that the character was personally struggling with, and use it somehow practically. The villain may say, you're worth nothing. And the fact that the hero has conquered this lie allows them to go, no, I'm worth something because I choose to be. A really good example of this is in the second Stormlight Archive book, Words of Radiance, and this lie that Kaladin has been telling himself that it's okay to kill the king because he's not a good king and somebody else would do better in his place. So in the end, he has to confront that and battle it out with his oath. And he finally is able to stand up to his friend and say, just because we don't agree doesn't mean what we're doing is right. And finally, in this final conflict, especially the internal part of your final head-to-head conflict, there should be a proof of why they were the chosen one. They're chosen because despite all of the fame and all of the hatred and all of this and all of that, they are still a good person and Harry still chooses to do what's right regardless of his circumstances. He is the chosen one for a reason. This is the time to announce that reason and prove it. Now, in this time, during that final conflict and the climax of the story, You also need to be looking at the footholds that you have developed for characters in general. You need to resolve the secret ingredient character if you've created that foothold for your story. 
the Sam sort of character where they do say that I can't carry the ring, but I can carry you. And whatever your purpose for the twist is. So you have that twist and you've revealed it either in that final conflict or more likely you're halfway through your midpoint. Whatever that twist is, now is the time to make sure it pays off. It's not just something you put out into the world to annoy your readers and it's gone. Pay off any footholds in Act 3. After the climax, there is still more to write. This is the part that I don't like writing. I would rather just have the characters defeat the villain and then ride off into the sunset. But there is more in that release. Remember the tension and release. We end with release so we can exhale and everything's okay because of the conflict of the story. So for your character, your character arc, after that climax, you need to have moments to show that full character growth. You need to have that moment of resolving anything that they did. In a hero's journey story, particularly, you show them back in a familiar environment, an environment that they were in near the beginning of the story, if it's not actually their home, to show the difference in how they exist in that space now that they've changed. So if they bullied the nerd in act one, then now is the time to pay that off and have them protect and defend the nerd in act three. Because whatever it is that was pressuring him to bully the first time, he's over it. He's past it. He's grown because of the lie about himself. He's conquered this enormous villain. This little bully is not going to stand in my way of being the person I want to be, being the hero I want to be. And your favorite part, any romantic illusions need to be satisfied at this point. This is why I had you put in the addition of resolving your romance at the end of Friday and Monday, because you had alluded to it through the whole story. So if you are going to allude to the fact that there might be some romance, you need to satisfy it, whether it is they go on their first date or they finally hold hands. You don't have to go as far as they kiss if you don't want to, but you need to have some resolution to that hope that you build up in your reader. All in all, there is this new world order. So when he returns back to the home, especially in the hero's journey where he's physically left, returning back to the Shire and seeing how the Shire is different because of his actions is incredibly important. You can have him making jokes with their former rival or sitting down and the family is proud of him instead of belittling him for his dreams. These little things that feel like they have no consequence, but his world is better because of his actions, are incredibly useful to make your book satisfying for your readers. So they sigh and hug the book as they read the last words of the book. In our next episode, we are going to talk more about these kinds of moments, that release, the epilogue, that final little bits of the story that wrap everything up in a nice, neat bow. Because there's more to it than just saying they defeated the bad guy, now they're home and happy, and we're going to move on. The struggle that you have gone through, that your character has gone through, should pay off in this final Act 3. That means it should be incredibly satisfying for you to write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. 